All right, week number two of our series called The Gift of Christmas. We launched it last week, and uh, we talked about, you know, there's a lot of exchanges. There's a lot of gift exchanges that are going to happen. Some of them are going to be maybe significant in value. Uh, Maybe some are going to be significant in uh, they're sentimental. Maybe they're really meaningful, maybe even emotional. Uh, They just have a, a lot of value to them that way. But there's been no greater gift. No more significant than the gift of Jesus, God coming to earth and uh, being our savior and um, also being eternal. That's the thing about this gift is it doesn't just impact one season. uh, It it impacts our eternity. And so we began to look at last week of, hey, if this gift of Christmas is so important, we got to make sure we don't take it for granted that we got to make sure we just don't say, oh, hey, the gift of Christmas is just at that season. Um, You know, like you say, oh, Christmas is here. And so you do the right thing and you start decorating on um, like November 1st, you put up your tree and you know, you do like you should. Amen. Any, all right, I'm working on you. I'm pushing the plow, but we'll get there one day. But we say, oh, this is the gift of Christmas. This is the season of Christmas. But there is, no, there is no truly a season. The gift of Jesus, the gift of Christmas should impact every single day. Can I get amen today? We talked last week about how there was some people in the first story, the first Christmas, that they missed the gift of Christmas. They, they missed it. They, because of different things in their life, missed the gift of Christmas. We looked at the innkeeper. The scripture said that uh, when Mary and Joseph came to the innkeeper, he's like, no, nah, we're full. We're full. And his life was too busy. And he missed the opportunity to connect with God. And so the innkeeper in his busyness missed the gift of Christmas. But then we also saw uh, that the religious leaders, we saw that um, certain people, the scripture said that religious leaders, they knew the story. They knew of the prophecies. They knew where everything could be. um, But they didn't take the time to go experience Jesus in his place and in his presence. And so through familiarity, they just got too familiar with it all. They've heard it before. They've sang it before. They've done it before. And uh, they missed the gift of Christmas at that season. And so we got to be a people who make sure we're paying attention. We're focused in on, we said last week, we're adoring this season of the gift of Christmas. And so today uh, I want to continue in this a little bit. Uh, I thought about the Christmas season and and, uh, much of what we participate in. Uh, Some of you might be on the Hallmark movie channel side of things. Some husbands haven't seen their wives since November because all of those movies started. And uh, they're all the same. Every Christmas movie is the same. It really is two categories. One category is like something happens and something's going on and people just don't have the Christmas spirit. And so some people have to meet this person and this thing has to happen and the whole small town has to come together and then the Christmas spirit is back. You know, am I telling the truth? That's the one. Or the other one is like the Christmas miracle. We need the Christmas miracle. So something happens and another thing happens and you're not going to believe it. But then at the end, the Christmas miracle. And why is it that we watch the same movies every single year, just a different way? I would say it's because your heart really is drawn to and connected to the energy and the spirit of Christmas. Why are we so drawn to this idea of the Christmas miracle? Well, maybe because the first Christmas actually was miraculous. Maybe there's something on the inside of us that connects to the truth that this gift of Christmas is actually a sign and a wonder. And it's the miraculous of heaven. Can I get an amen today? I thought about this. Christmas was actually founded on the miraculous. The gift of Christmas shows us that the miraculous is possible. You know, God does everything with great intention. You know, there's no haphazard kind of accident like, oh, we accidentally put that over there. Everything that you see or read or, or notice in Scripture as truth is actually God's thumbprint. It's his signature. It's his design. 
So when we look at the story of Christmas and we see that it's filled with signs, wonders, the miraculous, the power of God, that wasn't by accident. That was actually God saying, hey, I want you to understand that's how I move. Signs, wonders, power, the supernatural. I'm one of those old crazy preachers who believe that God still does the miraculous, that God still moves in signs and wonders, that it's not one of those things that just happened back there in the old days. No, that the message of Christmas is God wants you to understand that there's nothing that can hold him back, hold him down or hinder him because God moves in miraculous. Are you with me today? So we're going to look at it. There's, a many, uh, there's many supernatural things. There's many miracles that we see in the first Christmas story. And so I want to look at some of those miracles and realize that those same opportunities for the miraculous present themselves in our lives today. So the point number one, I just pulled a few of them out. The first one that we need to look at is the announcement miracle. Just the, the showing up on the scene, the angel shows up to Mary and speaks to her this amazing telling of what's going to happen and how God is going to use her. What makes this story even more miraculous is that there was a period between Malachi, or if you consider him to be Italian, it would have been Malachi, the Italian prophet. But anyway, there's a 500-year period of silence. There's darkness. There's disconnect. There's this period where between the Old Testament to Matthew, we see where people are feeling like maybe God doesn't speak anymore. Maybe he doesn't have a plan. Maybe he doesn't move. What's going on in this kind of thing? And so this is where we pick up the story in this time of of almost silence. Now, I know John the Baptist has come and done a foretelling before this, but there wasn't this great speaking. And so Luke chapter eight, verse uh, Luke chapter one, verse 28 is where we'll pick up the story. It says the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. I want you to think about this. There's silence. There's not much happening. There's not much moving. And then all of a sudden for Mary, at one point, an angel shows up to her. It's a great move of God. And he begins to speak to her. Now, we first think of the story the way that you've seen it in church year after year. An angel shows up in her room and he's wearing like a Hobby Lobby outfit with like homemade angel wings on. No, we're talking about an angel of the Lord who would have stood great, stood great and mighty. It's no wonder she was troubled. How many you know what I'm talking about? Oh my gosh, this is happening. Something is speaking to me. And it's an angel. And then she, he says, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid for you have found favor with God. Verse 31, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. The announcement miracle came with a message, which is the same message that said to us today is this, God has a plan. You may feel like you're disconnected and in darkness and God isn't speaking. And at this Christmas season, nothing's going on your behalf. And your kids are going crazy and the marriage is falling apart and you feel disconnected. You say, where's God and what is he doing? Why hasn't he answered this prayer yet? Why hasn't he come through? I'm standing on all that I can be standing on. God, where are you and all this kind of stuff? And God shows up and says, guess what? I got a plan. How many are with me today? The Christmas miracle all the way back then can be the same Christmas miracle today, which is God showing up in your life and saying, don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. I got a plan. 
Are you with me today? Verse 34 says it like this. How will this be? She responds. Mary says, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. We take a look at school in the culture wars and things that are happening, government. We look at all of these different things that are taking place and we go, how? How, God? What's your plan here? How can you make a difference? But what I love about Mary's heart is she said it this way. She said, how will this be? In this announcement miracle, she had a posture of faith that said, I don't understand how it's going to happen. I don't understand how it's going to come together. But here's what my heart says. God, because you're saying it will, I know it will be. Many different translations. They say it a few different ways, but they all say the same thing. She said, how can it be? How shall it be? How will it be? All of those postures are that I know it's going to be. I would just like for you to show me. Are you with me today? I love what Corey Ten Boom says. She says, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. God, I don't understand how this is going to be. God, I don't understand. But her heart posture says, I don't know. But what I do know is that the God that I serve, the God of this Christmas, this God that is a way maker. Are you with me today? Point number two is another miracle we see. It's the conception miracle. It's the conception miracle. She says, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? There's a bunch more dialogue that happens, but basically the angel responds to her, here's how it's going to happen. God is about to get involved. God is going to get involved in your life. Uh, How can this be? How shall it be? How will it be? God is going to get involved in your life. I don't know what kind of miracle you're facing this Christmas season. I don't know what kind of obstacle you need to see yourself overcome, but I'm here to tell you today that God's got a plan. And God also wants you to know that he's about to get involved in your life. The same thing with Mary. She said, I know it shall be, it can be. I don't know how it's all going to work out, but God's got a plan. And if we let God get involved in our life, we'll see the breakthrough. Verse 38, she said, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Her response to God's word was, hey, I'm in a posture of willing. I'm a willing vessel, Lord. This is what you're saying. This is what you're speaking. Let it be fulfilled in my life. She didn't try to argue it. She didn't try to figure it out on her own hand. She said, God, if this is what you're saying, if you got the plan and you're about to get involved, she said, I'm just going to be here to let you do it. It's the same thing for us in this Christmas season, this gift of Christmas that we have, the miraculous that we see God walking in. We got to be a people said, God, I don't understand it. I'm not going to try to control it, but I'm going to believe that you're going to fulfill it today. D.L. Moody says it this way. If God is your partner, make your plans big. Oh, man, this is a big plan. God, how are you ever going to do this? You got all these miracles, all these things that you need to make happen. But God, if it's you, go ahead and fulfill it. Because if I'm partnering with you, it's all right if it's big. She believed God could do the miraculous. The message of Christmas in the first Christmas was plan on the miraculous in your life. The angel shows up to her and says, hey, Mary. Here's what I want to do, and here's how we're going to do it. And so for you, you need to move forward doing one thing, which is plan on the miraculous. I believe that the same wonder-working power that happened back then can be happening in your life where God says, hey, I got a plan, I'm about to get involved, and now it's time for you to start planning on the miraculous. Because that is the gift of Christmas. I just thought about Mary. She's saying, okay, God, that was a real surprise. That was a real surprise, but uh, I'm believing you. And I'm believing that you're going to fulfill it. So she goes over and she gets her little iPhone. She throws in her earbuds and she starts walking around. And she's just singing, I'm going to see a victory. Because the battle, it belongs to somebody else. 
Because God said he's got a plan. God said he's going to get involved. And Mary said, all right, fulfill it, Lord. I'm just in the position. The gift of Christmas is to say God still moves in signs and wonders. And all we got to do is believe him and trust him for the victory. Are you with me today? Another miracle that we see that we greatly overlook is the miracle of the incarnation. Incarnation, the definition of it means clothed in flesh. God coming down to earth, taking on flesh and blood and dwelling among human beings. It's a crazy miracle that we just glaze past. Think about this. The God who the scripture says, uh, when there was nothing made something with just his words. He said, let there be, and there was. Everything that's created, everything in its perfect place. If we're too close to the sun, we burn. If we're further away from the sun, we freeze. It's kind of like a battle of your thermostat in your house. You know, it's like, and so God's doing all of these things. This God who does all of those things decides one day, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go near to my people. I'm going to come down, take on flesh and blood, and dwell among my people. It's a miracle. Uh, I thought about it like this. God, we need to know this about Jesus. Uh, He wasn't just a good person. People say, well, Jesus, you know, we don't know if he was really God. You know, maybe he was, you know, just a really good person. Uh, He was maybe just a great teacher. No, maybe what he was was actually the, the best prophet of them all. He was actually just a really great prophet or a really great rabbi. No, what we need to understand and comprehend about the Christmas message is that God himself came down and took flesh and blood to dwell among us. And he did it for us. It's, it's a miracle. John 1, 1 talks about this. It says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness doesn't overcome it. If you jump down to verse 14, it says this, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory and the glory of the one only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. God came close to us in our greatest time of need. Think about that miracle. When we didn't have it all together, when the scripture says sin separated us, when we didn't have it all together, heaven's response was, I'm not going to judge them. I'm not going to throw angry lightning bolts at them. I'm not going to. Instead, he says, you know what I want to do? I, in my perfect being, want to come down and be near them. Incarnation, it's an unbelievable miracle. I thought about it like this. Great friends come close in your greatest time of need. That's what great friends do. That's why the scripture says that we can be called the friends of God. Why? Through incarnation. Because of the sacrifice that Jesus made, we can come down and say, we serve a God who's near. Can I get an amen today? It's a miracle and it's something we need to remember at the Christmas time. Uh, Some psychiatrists did a study with some people who were going through great pain. And uh, they realized as studying and kind of looking at different ways that people work, they found out that there was a phrase that hit people uh, in like the closest parts of their psyche. So one of the most meaningful, it's actually two words, unfortunately, got a little politicized and and we think of it differently now, but I'm going to say it anyway. They found that the two most powerful words that the human heart can hear is when somebody alongside them genuinely and authentically can turn to them and say, me too. I get it. This connection of somebody, you've been through something, you've gone through something horrible, you've gone through maybe a tragedy or a struggle, and a friend can come near along your side and say, no, I get it. Me too. 
The flip side of that is somebody who, uh, it's one of the most frustrating things you can experience is when you get put in a room with somebody and you're trying to tell them something and share them something and, and let them know and they just are not getting it. One of the most frustrating responses in your psyche is when you would say, you just don't understand. You just don't get it. It's such a, a, a stomach pit empty of like, ah, you just don't get it. Do you want to know what heaven was? The scripture says that for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, yet in all ways was tempted, yet was without sin. That's the incarnation. Jesus coming down, taking on flesh and blood so that he could come near to us alongside us and say, me too. Yeah. I get it. I know what it's like to be tempted. I know what it's like to be betrayed. I know what it's like to be talked about. I know what it's like to be lonely. I know what it's like to be forgotten. Yeah. But I'm the God who comes near. Amen. So I don't care what kind of depression or anxiety or loneliness you find yourself in. Because of the incarnation, you have a God at this season, Christmas season, wanted you to know and hear that I'm not a God who's far. I'm instead the God who comes near and says, me too. And you can make it. Are you with me today? Matthew chapter 1 describes this of Jesus coming. Matthew 1 says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. He's not over here. He's not over here just, just saying like, Oh, man, look at those poor pitiful people down there. Oh, I have just compassion from them from my royal seat over here. He's not some God up in heaven like some of our friends that are like, man, good vibes to you, bro. Just good vibes, man. No, and instead he says, I'm going to be the God who does what comes near to you. Emmanuel. Psalm 145, 18 qualifies the people that he comes near to. There's a qualification, though, for the people that God comes near to. Let me read it to you. Psalm 145, 18 says, the Lord is near to all. That's the criteria. He's near to all people who call on him. He comes near to all the people who call on him. One of the Christmas miracles is this incarnation, which gives God this ability to come near and step into our lives. He's near you in your fear. He's near you in your depression. He's near you in your anxiety. He's near you in your anger. He's near you in your sickness and your addiction and your loneliness. He's even near you in your lifestyle of sin. Why? Because he's the God through this great sacrifice who could come and take on flesh and blood and be the God who's near. I'll close with this. The fourth one, fourth miracle we see that we kind of glaze over is the visitation miracle. It's the visitation of the wise men showing up on the scene and being a huge part of the story for Jesus at this time. Uh, we see three wise men. Scholars believe um, a bunch of different time frames. We don't know the exact route that the wise men took specifically, meaning the exact roads that they traveled. But scholars believe they would have traveled anywhere from four to five months to visit Jesus. Now, this wasn't like a um, like, hey, we heard about this thing. We should just go check it out. This was a plan that God had in advance for this season. Matthew chapter 2, verse 9 says this, says, after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed on coming to the house they saw the child and his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented with them with him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These gifts were not like a bunch of the gifts you're going to pull off this year. They weren't Dollar General on the way gifts. 
these gifts had great purpose. One of the miracles of this visitation miracle is that God sent people with future provisions for Jesus. And I believe the same thing happens in this miraculous season. I believe that God is putting things and people in place in your life that are on their way to you with exactly what you need. Scripture says that gold, the gold that was given to them, Jesus and Mary and Joseph would have used along the way to flee Egypt and to stay and remain safe along the way. And so this gold was sent as great provision. The frankincense, many scholars believe, would have been something that Jesus would have used in the temple, even as he got older, as he uh, brought uh, the frankincense, it would have been the incense of the temple for him to be able to go in and worship, as we read about later, literally was provided uh, at this time through the wise men. And then also the myrrh. Think about this. The myrrh was the oil used to prepare Jesus' body for burial 33 years later. But the visitation miracle was a miracle that happened to provide even that far down the road. So I just came here to say that the Christmas miracle wants you to understand that God is our provider. And God is sending people to visit you in your life to help bring breakthrough and open doors and do things for you that that God's going to go before The Christmas miracle is that God is our provider. I remember this when we were planting this church. We went down to Alabama and we got a bunch of church training, Jess and I did. And they're telling you the building that you need to find to kind of plant in. And most churches start in like a school or a movie theater. I was like, I don't want to be in a school or a movie theater because it's temporary. And we really want to be able to minister to kids and make an impact in the community right away. And so like uh, a building that we could have throughout the week would be so much better. And then I remembered this place, City on a Hill. I thought, oh, man, surely, you know, it's been open like six or seven years at this point. I'm sure it's filled. I'm sure there's already another church meeting in there, but shot off an email anyway. And when we came back into town from Alabama, I met with the director and he said, oh, hey. And I told him, yeah, we're starting this church. We went to the scene. He said, wow. He said, you know, that's actually really neat. He said, because just a couple weeks or a couple months ago, something like that, I forget exactly what he said. There was a church that was meeting here and they just recently moved out. I was like, you don't say. (laughs) that the Lord had made a way. He'd gone way before us. I remember when we were like busting at the seams and we were out of kid space room. The average church around, runs around 20 some percent of their adult to kid ratio, 20 some percent. And we run around the 50 percent ratio. We still haven't caught who's dropping their kids off at the door and leaving, but we will. <laughs> but we love that. We prayed for that. But I remember we were like hit on rooms. We were like, we were just so full and like, oh, we, we didn't know where to go. And there, there was like no other space in the thing. And so we're just praying and praying and praying. We needed a visitation miracle. We needed someone to come along and say, hey, do you need these things? Sure enough, that happened. Uh, I'm in my office and Gary, the director of the building, comes. He says, hey, I don't know what you guys are planning for maybe growing or whatever you need in this season. Uh, He said, but the ministry right connected to your ministry, right on the second floor, sharing the same hallway, which is now our offices and expanded kid spaces. He's like, yeah, they're actually moving out. Would you guys like that? And I'm like, you don't say. (laughs) Because God sends people. He sends. He equips. He is the Jehovah Jireh. God is our provider. But we got to be like Mary. We got to be the people who say like, God, I I don't understand the plan. I don't see how it's going. But from my heart, I'm going to say it can be. It shall be. It will be. Because God is a God who moves in these ways. And so I want to just offer to all of us today this Christmas miracle. I want to offer a time of prayer. Everybody can stay in their seat, but I just, we did it in first service. I thought it would be a huge injustice if we just left here saying, okay, God, I see that you move in signs and wonders. I see that you move in the miraculous, but that was just for the Christmas story. 
No, God wants you to hear today that he can move in the miraculous, that he can answer prayers no matter how big, no matter how small. Are you with me? The Christmas message tells us that we see here that God did the miraculous in someone's body. So if you need the miraculous in your body, I believe that God can do that same thing. We see that God used people to bring about provisions and things. So if you're in a situation right now where you need God to go before you and move, I believe that he can do that in this season too. So I want you to consider, I want you to think about right now where you are. What's the need? What do you have? I'm not going to have you raise hands or shout it out. We'll actually just bow our heads and close our eyes. But I believe that all of us in this room can actually think about a need. Maybe it is a miracle. Maybe it is just help or assistance or something along the way. But I believe that God in this Christmas season, he's got a plan for your life. Let me say it to you again. I believe right now where you are, whatever your need is, even if it doesn't make sense. Can I tell you something? God already has a plan. We just got to be like Mary. God, I believe it can be, it shall be, it will be. Let's pray together. God, you know this room. Lord, you know every person in here. Lord, you know every single need represented. And God, we are a people who believe that you are a God who still moves and signs wonders in the miraculous. And so, God, I lift up every single situation in this room. Lord, I lift up every situation right now watching online. Lord, if they're watching live, Lord, if they're watching days later, God, if they're even watching years later, God, we just stand with every single need represented. And God, we, we, we say by faith, we believe, Lord, that you have a plan in every single situation. And God, we're asking, just like Mary, Lord, we're asking you to get involved. We don't want to do it by our own hand. We don't want to do it by our own might, our own thought, our own conversations. But God, we want you to do it by your spirit right now. In every single situation, God, we see in this scripture, Lord, that you did the miraculous in Mary's body. God, we know that you can do the miraculous in our physical bodies. So God, I'm praying for every single person who needs physical healing. Lord, we thank you that the book of Isaiah says that by your stripes, you took on flesh and blood and then you sacrificed yourself, Lord, so that we might walk in healing. So God, every physical need, God, we just ask that you move in healing. Jehovah Jireh, our provider, God, we know that that includes physical healing. We just speak to mental health. And Lord, we say, move and heal. Lord, renew every mind by the power of your spirit. Lord, renew every mind. We tear down and we break down anxiety and depression and confusion We speak against every evil spirit of confusion and we break it and we damn it in the name of Jesus. We use the authority that's been given to us by you. And God, I pray that you renew every mind, those in this room, those online, those in other places, Lord, we intercede on their behalf. We rebuke the devourer and we say you will come to naught over every person's life. Lord, we pray the same over every person bound by addiction. Whatever it may be, drugs, alcohol, unhealthy work habits, any addiction, spirits of lust, all, all of the addictions, God, we pray right now that freedom reigns in their lives. 
Statisticians would say at this time of the year, addiction grows higher, depression grows higher. But God, I pray right now that freedom grows higher in everybody's life by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, you know the need when it comes to physical and financial. God, I pray for the provisions of everybody. Lord, those trying to make big decisions in their careers and in their households. God, I pray that you make every path clear. Lord, your word says that the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. Lord, I pray that you show us what those next steps are. Lord, close the doors that need to be closed and open those that need to be open. Lord, I pray that you shine lights, make things obvious. Lord, we know that as you provided For Jesus and Mary and Joseph, Lord, you sent people along the way. Lord, I pray that you send people along the path. God, just in advance, we say thank you. Right now, Lord, we even pray for the doubting heart. Those who hear these prayers and want to believe... Lord, I pray that you capture them. Lord, make yourself obvious to the doubter. Lord, your word says that it's your goodness, your kindness that leads us to repentance. God, I pray that you show your goodness and mercy and kindness. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give it up to God real quick. All right. God is good. Amen. Um, I want you to stand, stand. Like Mary. Stand, stand. Walking around, you're Mary. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. Because a lot of times, you know, we'll, we, we see the opposite of it. Oh, God, we prayed. We prayed. We prayed at church. And then it looks different. You say, oh, no, no, no. I'm going to see a victory. And if you need to call me and I'll sing it for you, I'll just sing it. You guys know I sing it. I only got a few weeks left and then Cody will be here and I can't sing anymore. Just kidding. But it's not by accident that you're here and that we prayed. God's moving in your life. I want you to know that God is moving in your life. Amen? Amen.